Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM, life-changing radio, WJMM. I am always blessed to be on the air on this radio station, uh, to be a part of this wonderful organization. I I certainly thank you for your support of this radio station and uh, the Encounter Ministry. And we need your support. So would you prayerfully uh, pray about how you can support the Ministry of Encounter uh, by going to our website, uh, thehopeencounter.org, or just email me at bill at thehopeencounter.org. And I wanted to also mention to you that Encounter uh, usually meets. We have an in-person meeting every Friday night, but we're not doing that in the summer. We've taken a break. We'll resume in September. We do have some special events uh, on July 21st. as well, uh, a great, great partnership with Revive Ministry, where we're doing a prayer, worship, and baptism service uh, at Common Grounds, uh, their new resource center in Nicholasville. I encourage you to come out that night on uh, Friday, uh, July 21st to that. Also want to encourage you uh, to download the podcast. Uh, we're on all the podcast stations for the Bill Reeser Encounter radio show. Uh, and I want to encourage you to look back at or listen to some of the past messages as well. If you tuned in yesterday, I shared a little bit about my testimony, talked about how the power of the Holy Spirit came upon my wife, the Holy Spirit revealed himself to me, uh, and I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Next year, Lord willing, on April 28th, we'll be married 40 years, 40 years, amazing And every year I make this vow to the Lord. Let me love my wife better this year than last year. I want to be more in love with her the last time I see her than at any other time before in our marriage. You see, and God is answering that prayer because we are more in love with each other now than any other point. Because I have to be intentional about taking my relationship with her to the next level every year, every month, and every day. And you have to be intentional in your marriages, and actually in all your relationships. And when it comes to your relationship with God, the same rules apply. I make the same vows each year with the Lord. I want more of God. I want to be, I want to be filled with more of the Holy Spirit, more and more, every year, every month, every day. And I just need more of God and less of me. And if God wants to pour out his Holy Spirit on me, I, want, I need to be open to however God wants to operate. I don't get to call the shots on how God gets, gets to operate and how he wants to pour out his spirit, his gifts, his power, his enablement, his blessing, his favor, his protection, and miracles in my life. I don't get to call the shots. I don't get to choose and pick scriptures and look at scriptures and say, well, this goes for today. This doesn't go for today. Well, this was for the Bible. And so many people, look. there are churches today that will unapologetically stand on this position that God doesn't do miracles, that God doesn't pour out his Holy Spirit, and that the gifts aren't for today, the gifts outlined in the Bible. And that's a dangerous thing to do because They're doing that not based on scripture. They're doing that based on someone else's doctrine. And I need to be very careful as a preacher, as a man of God, as someone who's been called to full-time ministry to correctly handle the word of God. You see, the Bible that I read ends with 
a great warning that if I were to add anything to the Bible, that the plagues described in the Bible are going to be applied to my life. And if I delete anything from the Bible saying that this doesn't apply for today, but it did back then, that I'm going to be deleted from the tree of life. That's how the Bible ends in the last chapter of the book of Revelation. And so I want to be very careful how I correctly handle the word of God. And so for me to say, well, the word of God, you know, applied back then, it doesn't apply today. Well, I need a scripture to back that up. I don't need someone's opinion. I don't need someone's theory. I don't need someone's persuasion. I don't need someone's tradition to tell me something doesn't apply. I need someone to scripturally tell me that this doesn't apply. And when someone tells me that the Holy Spirit doesn't work today like he did back then, and I, and they look at my life, I know that my life is changed and constantly being changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And nobody can argue with that. No one can tell me I didn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit. No one can tell me I didn't get gifts from the Holy Spirit. No one can tell me that power came upon me and changed me from the inside out. No one could ever argue with me and, told me and tell me I didn't get filled again and again and again. And I need fresh fillings because I leak. And I don't know about you, but if you're a Christian that thinks that all the Holy Spirit that you'll ever get is just on the day of salvation, well, good luck with that. Jesus himself said, how much more will the, my heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I mean, there are seminaries, there are churches that will actually say, well, what happened in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost and after that happened back then, but it, does, it, it just won't happen again today. We just don't see it today. They don't believe in things. They don't believe in revival. They don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in healings. And I don't know how, how they can go on with Christianity without the help, person, and power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm a sports guy. Now, if being on Team Jesus was a sport, the Gospels would place the disciples on the bench while their playing coach, Jesus, would lead by example. And every now and then, Jesus would get the disciples off the bench and send them into a situation to perform miracles empowered by the Holy Spirit. But for the most part, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It was Jesus doing most of the miracles while the disciples were on the bench waiting for their name to be called and sent into the game. Now, if you're a basketball fan, and I am, here's, a, here's something that really irks me, that bothers me. I can't stand it when a player makes a mistake and the coach yanks him out of the game and makes that player feel worthless in front of thousands of fans in front of national TV and just makes that player feel really small. I, I'm, I'm not talking about anybody, you know, with, with the last name that starts with a C that coaches at the University of Kentucky. I'm not talking about that, you know, just if you get my drift. You see, some coaches, in all seriousness, have a way of bringing out the best in their players and setting them up for success by creating an atmosphere where they learn how to play up to and even better than their potential. Some coaches can never bring out the best in, in players, therefore never setting them up for success where they're at by getting their players to the next level. Here's another aspect about coaching. Organizations often have to find a different coach that better connects with the team in order to bring out the best in them. 
In many cases, the coach is not necessarily more skilled, smarter, or even better than the previous coach. But the new coach that leads them to the promised land is better skilled, watch this, at personally connecting with them from the inside instead of just on the surface than the previous coach was. You see, this is what the owner of the greatest franchise, the universe, our father in heaven, not the athletic director, but the holy director of the universe did. He sent in another coach, another helper. You see, Jesus was only able to reach their intellect, but he was never a permanent fixture in their hearts because he lived among them, but not in them. You see, power came upon the disciples to do miracles in the gospels before the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, but they were never able to sustain the life of miracles because power didn't reside in them. Now, the father had to do something about it. Jesus did his work, and the father sent in another coach. Now, the UK basketball program has a great event. I love this event uh, that ushers in a new team every year. It's called Midnight Madness. Well, God planned a much better event than Midnight Madness. He organized the day of Pentecost gladness and unleashed the full force of the Holy Spirit to fill us and to start the church of Jesus Christ, to come upon us, to empower us, to live in us, to counsel us, to guide us in truth, to be our personal interpreter of scripture, to give us gifts, to seal us until the day of redemption, to give us power, resurrection power, to do miracles, not just every now and then, but to live a life of them because the author and creator of miracles lives inside of us. He sent the Holy Spirit to birth the church of Jesus Christ and spread the name, fame, and message of Jesus that through that name and only that name, the world could receive forgiveness from their sins and inherit eternal life in heaven. He took the most unqualified misfits, cast outs, and least likely group of people to be put in charge of the most important Christian enterprise and startup church that ever existed. When you think about it, the early church was made up of 120 failures who fled and disowned Jesus before he was crucified. They weren't courageous, faithful. In fact, they lacked faith and courage. They were the least likely to be put in charge of any Christian enterprise. Yet, after the events in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, those same nobodies were suddenly transformed. And with courage and faith, they turned their community and eventually the world upside down. It wasn't a result of their seminary training. They didn't have any. They couldn't hand out copies of the New Testament. It hadn't been written yet. It wasn't because they were wealthy and had the greatest sound system, light show, HD screens, fog machines, and skinny jeans. They were just poor people without a church building. To the existing Jewish religious establishment, those early Christians were mocked as unlearned and ignorant people with few resources. But one thing they did possess was being filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus told them to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit for everything. And what I think is one of the best farewell talks ever given, and I've seen a lot of good farewell talks given. I've seen presidential farewell talks. I've seen uh, Jimmy Valvano say never give up in his famous talk on ESPN, where he was fighting cancer. Um, in the movie, the, the Pride of the Yankees, the, Lou Gehrig, the famous first baseman for the Yankees who diagnosed with ALS that he basically had a death sentence. He, I remember in his speech uh, 
in in a filled Yankee Stadium said, "This is the greatest day of my life." I mean, it's just a great farewell speech. But I think the best farewell speech ever given is found in the book of John, verses chapters 14 through 16. And in those three chapters, I mean, it's just amazing. You see Jesus before having uh, preparing the disciples, going to have one last supper with them, uh, but he's preparing them. He's revealing his love to them. And what he's doing is he's, he's preparing his disciples to say goodbye to him, but say hello to the Holy Spirit. And he gives them this introductory of who the Holy Spirit is and what he's going to do in their lives and a list of miraculous things uh, that the Holy Spirit's going to do so they would embrace and be filled when the Holy Spirit, watch this, when the time came. See, Jesus knew he was only able to fill their minds and teach them from the outside in. But Jesus knew that the Holy Spirit, watch this, would fill their hearts and teach them from the inside out. His time was up, and the Father was sending in the Helper. See, when the Holy Spirit invaded my life, power I never had enabled me to do things I can never do. And since that day, it's been apparent to me that God was adamant about wanting me to live a life of extreme faith, experiencing the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that I'm the pastor of Encounter and the host of this radio show, but my real job is to encourage you in your faith and compel you to live a radical life of that faith and trust in Jesus Christ, trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit to do what you can't do because, friends, nothing is impossible for God. And if God's going to do something in your life, he's going to do it through the person and power of the Holy Spirit. He's the only agent of God we've got with us right now. And I'm so grateful that you tune into the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser.